1: It's only
2: a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure.
1: You got this. Adidas.
3: There are no words to describe what it must feel like to lose to the Vanderbilt Commodores if you're a Florida Gator. But if you're an old, you say, mm-mm-mm-mm. If you're just watching the commercial, you
4: understand what I just did there.
3: Welcome into the War Chant TV post game show. Is that a
4: Mick Hubert voice for the commercials that yeah. you were trying to do?
3: Well, I was trying to do whatever that voiceover guy from Zaxby's does. Okay. I, was just, I was just trying to be that guy. But alongside, and you hear his voice if you're listening on the podcast, Gene Williams, the founder and administrator of WarChant.com. My name is Tom Lang, and we live in Blowout City. USA for the fourth consecutive game, Florida State dismantles its opponent. Today the final score, not nearly indicative of how much of a one-sided fight it was. And it's still a one-sided score. 49 to 17 for the eight and three Florida State Seminoles. Gene, we talked about it and we debated it ad nauseum here on Warchan TV in the summertime. Seven wins, is that enough? Eight mm-hmm. wins, is that enough? Nine wins. Is that two pie in the sky? Florida State has a chance now in their final regular season game, welcoming the Gators next Friday night to get to 9-3 and three because they have achieved the 8-win plateau. Your thoughts, sir, on what has been a remarkable football season?
4: Well, I think the thing you look at the most when you see this, I don't know how much you can take from this game, other than Florida State took care of business again, which you expected them to do. But they just seem even more and more impressive each week. You think, oh, they have a little letdown. This is a bad team. They just keep doing better than we even expect. But more than that is the turn turnaround. I don't think the national people really are going to focus on this, and I think even a lot of fans kind of miss the point of how bad Florida State was in 2020 and where they are now. And Tom, you talked about the blowouts and why that resonates with me. Go back to 2020. Florida State played nine games. They were blown out in four of those nine games. Right. They didn't have any blowout wins on their own. Two years later they've had six blots on their side of the ledger and they haven't been blown out at all. So, I mean, it just, again, it's another metric. We look at all the changes. It's just a completely different program than it was two years ago. And that's a credit to Mike Norvell, to these players, the culture has, there's no doubt the culture has changed. I think there's been a a decent bump up in talent. Thanks primarily to his work in the transfer portal. And, you know, these guys just playing together, man, it's so much fun to watch these guys play like this and they just, every time you think, they're going to have a letdown. They blew out Miami. They're going on the road. They're going to have a little bit of a letdown. Oh, they just blew out. So they're playing, you know, they've got Florida next week. You know, <laughs> surely they're going to look ahead. Damn, that thing could have been easily sick. It could have been a 60-burger, Tom. Yes. it's almost. It almost makes me mad that they gave up two garbage times touchdowns. Yeah. Um, but at least Florida they still covered easily. It wasn't like it was a backdoor crazy cover or anything, any kind of nonsense like that. But still, it annoys you a little bit. Because like you said, that's not indicative. This was about a – 55 60 point should have been a win but again it's awesome I, I would prefer having the starters rest in the second half making sure you're very healthy so i can live with it but i you know but i'm 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 looking for one little thing i was annoyed at and that was they gave up those two late touchdowns the backups
3: Yeah, I agree. You know, and and that's something that's happened for the backup defense uh, quite a bit. Syracuse decided not to run the play. Uh, Dino showed no. Yes,
4: I'm very happy. (laughs) Florida State (laughs) won, and the Gators lost.
3: That's right. Hell yeah. Gene is happy, and also so are the two teams in the top four that are going to escape, it looks like, upset bids. Michigan just kicked a field goal to go up on Ah. Illinois, 19-17, nine seconds to go there. And look how many fans left the big house. Boy, everybody always raves about that fan base. There's swaths of that stadium. That's Not as bad as College Station. That is that is correct. Not much. I, don't if we got, I don't
4: know if Ben can pull that one out. That's freaking shocking to me <laughs> in the second half of that game. Yes, yes, I it mean, is. That's, that, that's like Dade County uh, West, I guess, is what that is. <laughs> Orange Bowl West. I mean, Jimbo brought that, you know, we didn't coach at Florida, but I guess he's, he's brought that fan mentality over to College Station.
3: Yeah, he killed Miami, then he became Miami. How about <laughs> that? Uh, So I, I saw Noel Kev. Thank you very much, Noel Kev, for the contribution. He says it's a heads- Xbox headset and Red Solo Cup kind of day again. So I will feed the beast. There you go. There Let's, you go. There it is. We'll keep that in check. Let's hope, Noel Kev, that I can pop that up uh, for next week's game as we wrap up late night uh, on a Friday, Florida State and the Gators. Jeremy, Where-
4: good to hear from you. You're not Fabio. That no, was a fabulous Noel, but still, yeah. I'm glad you're drunk and fabulous.
3: Uh, Jer- uh, yep you know what you had a chance to start about in the first quarter jeremy once you saw that uh, the flu bug really didn't ravage florida state mike norvell was uh telling the truth everybody on wednesday when he said we've had a sickness go through the team but i don't expect it to impact much of anything when it comes to who plays today and it, it bore out jordan travis took warm-ups around ten twenty this morning and irish Chaffel reported it on warchant.com in the pregame show jeff and i went Okay, we can proceed with our day. Jordan Travis will be playing in the football game. He was good. Gene rushing touchdowns galore in the early portion of this game. Uh, Good plays being made by a lot of different players. I don't want to oversimplify and I also don't want to look past blowout wins. I don't want to take those for granted and not learn the lesson that we've been taught over the last five years. But it's hard to look at this game at the same time and say this is going to project against Florida. Today was about getting out to the lead, getting your work in, staying healthy, getting off the field, allowing for your backups to get experience, and then be a full go against the Gators. Think about it, Gene. Florida had to play their starters from start to finish on the road in Nashville today. Florida State checked in, checked out, a half of football, maybe one more drive in the second half for a few of those starters, and then they're done. So they're going to be more well-rested come Friday night. What an advantage that's going to be.
4: And I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe one of their defensive starters was ejected for targeting in the second half. So that means, by rule, he will have to sit out the first half of the Florida State game. So that helps there. And they, you know, got to remember this was a road game at Bandy, So they're also losing the travel time. I and mean, I mean, these are little tiny things, but they do add up. It is an advantage for Florida State to have a home game by a home game where Florida's got back-to-back road games and they got to travel a little bit more. There's the logistics and stuff involved in that. So no, and you mentioned the other thing, resting your starters. So these guys don't risk injury. You're fresher too. You're playing on a short week. You know, that that can stay, say a lot for a wide receiver running back to have a little extra juice, especially if it's a tight game in the second half and you're a little fresher than your opponents. That can really make a big difference. I think
3: also it could sway the attendance factor in terms of percentage of the crowd by five to 10 percent towards Florida State. That result today, if I'm a Florida fan who is on the fence, I'm going to go wherever I'm going for Thanksgiving and just stay there. I'm not going to drive <laughs> up in Tallahassee after we lost to Vandy like it, it's so weird yeah, to say they like,
4: might be selling their tickets you're right they may that's say right. i'm checked out on this what what do you think that line's going to be tom I'm, I'm very curious you know that they lost the vandy and florida uh, state has looked so good that line's got to keep going wider and wider for florida state
3: i thought because some sometimes you know a part of the line being released gene is to induce the public to bet you know it's not always like the standard this is what's true sure. it's you know how do we induce the most action so i thought as of this morning, it'd be six and a half, you know, maybe to tease that over a touchdown and get some get some money flowing both ways. That's probably got to be around eight or yeah, nine and a half I at think this point.
4: O- over a touchdown now. It's got to
3: be. Yeah. Yeah. And we like that here on War Chant Game Day presented by our friends at Zaxby's. Let me mention them right at the outset. Uh, our friends at Zaxby's, a 17 year. Golden Chief Booster. I'm not going to read about the pregame, postgame, or no game at all. You guys know that that part of it. But I want to speak a little bit extra today about Danny and uh, the great support that the folks at Zaxby's here in Tallahassee provide for us at Warchant.com. It's just like our friends at Garnet and Gold. When you support Zaxby's of Tallahassee and you make this trip up this upcoming week, you're supporting somebody who's going to pour money right back into the program. I just I love when we have businesses like that who are a part of the solution for Florida State and what, you know, the University Athletic Department is going to be moving forward. So anytime you come to Tallahassee and you're saying, hey, where can we grab a, a quick bite? You have tons of choices. Please support Zaxby's 17 years, a golden chief booster. They say go Knowles," and we agree. Eight and three are the Florida State Seminoles here on the War Chant Game Day Post Game show. Gene, I don't know that we have to volley back and forth like it's, uh, you know, the U.S. Open at Arthur Ashe. Uh, with takeaways from this game. We can open up the phone lines sooner than we typically yeah. do, but, but I do want to stay you know, here between the two of us just to remark on six blowout wins. You've already talked about that. They were blown out four or five times in the COVID season. They only played 12 regular season games. They have a chance next week if that Florida team that went up to Nashville today comes to Tallahassee for seven blowout victories in one 12-game season. We were hoping there would be seven wins many of us in the fan base before it started, not seven blowouts. What an amazing, yeah. amazing situation we're in here. This is better than I thought it could be preseason. And I was a pretty optimistic guy.
4: Yeah, no, without a doubt. And usually when you go see seasons where there's six, six, seven blowouts those are national championship type teams yeah um you don't see those in usually 8 9 win seasons so it just again i think it speaks a lot of these in the back half it speaks to the improvement of this team and that's again more credit to the coaching staff i do want to i, I got one little soapbox moment here i want to talk about on something here no no i look i'm positive i'm happy this is great uh i think it's going to i think we're going to see some of this stuff people keep going well what about recruiting da, da, da. i think in the next few days i think you might start to see some of this improvement show manifests itself on the recruiting end I'm not going to give anything away you're hearing some real positive buzz about a couple things that could happen here in the in the near future so I think those few holdouts that are still well Mike Norvell's not recruiting well I think that you'll start to see some of that I think we're definitely I've heard some very positive things also about the transfer portal I think they've I've heard they have already yeah. got three guys locked in Ooh. at some positions of need um, I think you're going to see some really good stuff come there this could be as good if any transfer class that Mike Norvell's had. And there's been some really good ones. So stay tuned that December 4th is when the official transfer portal season starts. That's going to be a blast. But a couple things. When you look at check boxes for Mike Norvell, he's at every single one, but one for me. Okay. You know, and I'm just going to go into this season. We saw the improvements, transfer portal, all that blah, blah, blah. This season, I think we go, okay, early on, we're like red zone, man. There's nonsense in the red zone. Mm-hmm. They're having problems, get players in and out. They don't, they seem to lack boom check. They've yep. hit that. I mean, the, the percentage has been incredible. They look like they know what they're doing. They have a def- definitive plan. It's been great. Um, you're you're doing – you're not having emotional up and downs. I mean, that's what happens. To, I mean, to me, that's one of the most remarkable things. This team is consistently playing at a high level every single week. There's not. You beat Miami. You got Florida coming. It doesn't matter to these guys. And I knew that point at Miami when they had blown them out, the biggest lopsided win in the history of the series on the road – and those players were like, yeah, this is great. They weren't jumping around celebrating. They weren't smoking cigars and jumping around and going crazy. So that told me something there, too. That's another check. What have the penalty totals been the last few weeks, Tom? Uh, I mean, how many they end up with today? A
3: nominal amount. Uh, uh, ben, if you pull up the stats, we'll have it for you in just a moment. Had
4: four. That seems to be four. They seem to have four. I mean, it's they were getting regularly 10-plus there for a while. So they've gone four or five straight games with four penalties or less. I mean – That's a dramatic turnaround. And the pre-snap penalties that drove us nuts, those are the biggest ones. You don't see those anymore. Special teams suddenly, another check.
3: Yeah.
4: Look where that – where is that? I mean, that was, you know, early in the season. We're like, oh, boy, still special teams issues. They're not fielding punts or doing this, you know, all these things, penalties all the time. They seem to have cleaned that up as well. Now, we hope Micah Pitt can come back for punt returns. And he's a little banged up. I kind of agree with D-Rob, not an expert, but I think that looks more like a thigh bruise kind of thing, which is painful. If that's what it is, he'll be back. Uh, maybe a little nagging, may have to wrap up his leg a little bit, but hopefully that's what it is and it's not serious. The one thing left, Tom, the one check mark. So I'm 95% of the way there. I'm 95%. This team is all in. Norvell's got it down. What happens in crunch time when it's tight and the game's on the line? How are you going to handle that? Both the players and Mike Norvell, will they have the poise to hang in there and do that because you've saw that, especially early this season. You go back to LSU, you go back to Louisville, you go back to that NC State game. When they were in a position in a tight game when they needed to stay within themselves, be composed, they weren't. You know, and they lost they lost one of those three when they completely yeah. should have won that game. And that's on Mike Norvell and the coaching staff. I despite what we saw from Florida today. I think you're going to be in that situation in the second half. That game is going to be tight in the second half. There's going to be some tense moments. How will this coaching staff handle that? If they handle that and show the composure and poise they have the last few weeks, man, the sky is the limit for this program.
3: Yeah, I can, I can already preview some of the talking points that we're going to have on War Chant TV throughout the week, and we'll have Wake Up War Chant Live. I think it's going to be on Monday night this week. It'll be a special yes. time because of the Thanksgiving holiday. The Jeff Cameron Show, Monday at 1 o'clock, Sunday Smash tomorrow. I mean, I can tell you at least where I'm going to go if I'm on any one of these shows, which is the best of Florida is capable of beating this Florida State team as good as we played. Like The best of what they've shown, because they've gone toe-to-toe with Tennessee, uh, there was a comeback effort in the third quarter against Georgia when it was yeah. 23 and that game felt like it was over. Next thing you know, Florida's got the ball and they got a chance to get it to one score game. So they can go through these stretches that if you don't mind your P's and your Q's, you could be facing a deficit. And what do you do in that moment? So the other side of it though, that I'll preview and say is after this Vandy game, if you chin check them in the first quarter, I don't know that they're going to respond because they, that has to be yeah. a shaken flight home for the Gators today. So to me, I wasn't going to talk about it. And I don't usually say the start of the game is very important uh, because I think at the start of any game is important, but for this particular scenario, yeah. where Florida blows it against Vandy. If you can hit him in the mouth early, like Florida state has done and Gene, their scoring rate on the first drives of halves. So to open the game and then to open the second half is absurdly efficient right now. It, mm-hmm. It's something crazy like
4: 18 out of 22. Tom, they flashed that. We need to look that up. Maybe Ben can find it. We can do a graphic on it this week. They flashed those first quarter Numbers for Florida State this season during the game today. And it was, I'm, I knew it was big, but I was mind boggled by the disparity. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, 100%. If they can pull that up, because look, you talk about game script. If Florida State gets up a couple scores in that first quarter, they're the team that can run, and Florida's got an awful run defense. So you love to be in that position with a double score lead because you can dictate the game at that point. And Florida does not want to play from behind. I think that's, that plays right into Florida State at home, especially you mentioned the emotional function of them right now they're fragile right now you get ahead they're on the road they kind of cat you run down their throats they cash it in
3: i just can't wait to play that game i wish it was tomorrow <laughs> I, i'm sure the players do too right now because the way that today finished for both yeah. of these programs i wish we could kick it off tomorrow but that's why we're here to cover it for you throughout the week on warchant.com and Warchant tv we've got a couple of people to thank uh, for contributions to the program, and we have to do that because we're so grateful when you support us at Warching TV. Things like Dominic Robinson being a part of the team can happen. So thank you to 100 Proof Football, who says, Looking ahead much, Gators? Now we get a chance to beat Florida twice. Cheers! It's hate week. 100 Proof Football, getting it going mm-hmm. on, uh, oh, you're closer to uh, lunchtime, I think. You're a couple time zones over on a victory Saturday. And John says, I'm looking for cheap ticks from the (laughs) fans. LOL. Well, John keep monitoring the, uh, the ticket sites of the world in the coming hours. You might find a bargain or two Uh, drip Kings TV says, John, you are ready to mingle in the Gator section. I love it. Yes, Mm -hmm. we all do drip. We agree with you. Uh, That's uh, I I think that section usually over in the corner of the tunnel where they emerge might have a little bit more garnet interspersed there than uh, most trips for uh, Florida up to Tallahassee. But Gene, again, here we are. cannot be overstated. Six blowout wins and now 16 straight quarters of football where Florida State has been utterly dominant. The only time it's been dicey was the first quarter of the Georgia Tech game where they didn't execute in situations. From there, it has been an absolute delight to watch this team. And I want to know if, if anybody in the second half Stood out to you. Tate Rodemaker got just the one drive. It went so well. You could see the the smirk of approval from Mike Norvell because Tate got to work with the starting group, and I thought that was very wise to get him in with the starters in case of emergency for Friday night. A.J. Duffy got some time, mm-hmm. uh, captained a, a short field drive uh, for a touchdown for Florida State. Nice catch by Marquise Douglas. And then some of the backups on defense. Is there anybody that you're excited to see? And maybe it, it's not even about today, but the future for a certain player that got on the field today because it wasn't just the backups. It wasn't just the third team. A lot of walk-ons got out there too. It's a, It was a great day.
4: Yeah, no. How often you get to see four quarterbacks? and No injuries, but you got four quarterbacks to play in the game. So that was just neat. It was neat for those kids. It was neat for Gino English being out there. I mean, to be able to go out there and play in a real game at home, that's pretty neat for him. Yes. You know, like you said, I mean, the second half, the only thing that really stood out, I mean, I love Biscuit's one-handed catch. That was pretty awesome. Um, a big guy to have be that nimble and pull that off. I mean, the young guys you got, I mean, I'm still, you know, we all see it with Patrick Payton, what he can be. Uh, The future is going to be bright he's going to be dependent on a lot more next year. I mean, he's going to have to be one of those guys. Um, So, I mean, uh, this was a good feeling to get those guys out there. I don't know if there was anybody that just jumped off the page of me in the second half, but yeah. um,
3: that makes sense. I mean, you know, for example, the Boston College game, Rodney Hill took over late. and You said, mm-hmm. oh, that, that's a little different. He wasn't ex- as explosive uh, today. But, you know, a lot of those offensive linemen he was running behind were a little bit more of the down the depth chart guys. I see that John wants to shout it out to Amari Gaynor, who got some run out there. He had Yeah, a t- that's true. Gaynor
4: looked, but he's not a young guy that stood out. But, yeah, yeah. no, he looked really good on that tackle for loss. I wish that would have amounted to stopping them from scoring. But on that one drive
3: looks like they want to preserve the shirt of one Julian Armella because I saw Daughtry Richardson out there, Jalen Early, Kayshawn Sapp. Uh, I saw even a walk-ons and a legacy like Ben Ostaszewski,
4: but I, I don't recall seeing Armella. Yeah, I don't think he did, but it. it, it what, what's I guess we know how many games. What's the redshirt rule? They can play three or four games, four <laughs> games. So I don't know. I know he's played in a couple. He's at, he's at four. Yep. He is at four. Okay. Well, that makes complete sense. Again, you go, you go, well, you know, he's not going to probably, but you never know. I mean, guys get hurt. Stuff happens. He could play, you know, whatever it is. He could be his last year. He's going to go pro. He gets hurt in the fifth game, they, whatever they it him, is. And you could bring him back.
3: They let him play down in Miami in front of his family, which I thought was a nice little touch. Certainly when you're blowing out Miami. And congratulations to the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana, who scored two more touchdowns on Florida State than Miami
4: did. So. <laughs> We we really appreciate that effort. That sounds like a good good infographic we can do. We can congratulate yeah. them. We'll just That's it. Yeah. Hashtag. We'll ha- we'll uh, tag uh, Cane Sport in that one for that. Like we that. can.
3: Sure. Those guys are delightful down at Kane Sport. I'm sure they'd love it. Uh, you're watching War Chant Game Day. This is the post game show with Gene Williams. My name is Tom Lang, and it's all presented to you by Zaxby's. And if it seems like we're relaxed, how could you not be? It you know. It's starting to feel like fall in the air outside here in Tallahassee. It was a cool morning, overcast. I always associate overcast weather with football. And now Florida State has gone 4-0 to start, a three-game losing streak, which stinks, but then four straight wins again after it. So 4-3-4 four, four for the Noles, 8-3 and three with a chance to cap it with a 5-0 and o finish after the bye week and keg stands and beer funnels. And oh, yeah, that's right. Party. We're, only, uh,
4: we're yeah. only a week away. What We could be, if that went over Florida a week away, we're doing all kind of drinking shenanigans at Corner Pocket.
3: So prepare yourselves, folks. If Florida State, this is totally contingent upon victory for Florida State on Friday, but if they do, then go to bed a little bit earlier, wake up somewhat without a need for you know the hair of the dog by a gallon, And then at 1130 a.m. the next day, the Saturday after Florida, will be a corner pocket bar and grill if the Knolls win. Keg stands, beer funnels, and just a good time watching a rivalry Saturday. So mark that down in your calendars. I know a ton of you are going to be making your way to Tallahassee next week. And we also want to wish you all a preemptive happy Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. To the over 700 of you that are watching us right now on War Chant TV, thank you so much for being a part of this program. Hit the thumbs up underneath the video. Subscribe to War Chant TV. I think, Gene, it's probably time to uh, send it to a quick yes. break, fire up the phone lines. Ben, if you don't mind wiping up the phone number, I can tell you verbally it is 850-805-5911, and there it is on your screen. The phone lines will be open. Screener Terry, I'm talking to you. It's going to be about two minutes from now that the phone lines go live. We will be right back on War Chant Game Day, presented by Zaxby's, with your thoughts.
0: Something big. Something huge is taking over the world of chicken sandwiches zaxby's new signature sandwich with zack sauce or new spicy zack sauce because the chicken sandwich war ain't over yet the new signature sandwich it's taking over and it's only at zaxby's
1: Warchant.com has been the definitive home of all things FSU sports for over 20 years and is now part of On3, the next generation network. Warchant.com has the most experienced... Tenured and largest staff on the Florida State sports beat, and now features innovative resources, including an NIL database that projects player value and a truly aggregated composite recruiting ranking system that will set the bar in the industry.
2: There are no words to describe the perfect pairing of Zaxby's hand fingers and our twelve delectable
1: sauces, but there is a sound, and that sound is mm, mm, mm. The Zaxby's chicken finger plate with endless sauce abilities only at Zaxby's.
3: We are back live on Warchant Game Day, presented by Zaxby's. The phone calls will be coming your way in just a minute. I saw a question in the chat, Gene, about one Johnny Wilson and uh, the limited participation today. So once again, to reset, uh, on Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday late morning, Mike Norvell said that there's a bug going around the football team and that uh, none of the players that were affected should be missing time on Saturday. Johnny Wilson did dress for this game. Johnny Wilson was on the field early in this game it appeared that Johnny Wilson was just pulled out of this game early for Florida state and was walking around on the sidelines, not limping, not going into the tent. So it was just a coach's decision that he was not going to participate beyond you know, a drive or two. So I don't think that that's going to impact Johnny's availability next week, Gene, which is huge, especially if Micah Pittman is less than 100 percent, because Pittman did leave with what appeared to be, just as you've said before, if you're just joining us, look like a thigh bruise, maybe something along those lines. as He got hit low uh, on one particular play. But you want your receiving core to be at full strength. I wouldn't envision anything that happened to Johnny Wilson today would withhold him from Friday. And uh, that would be a huge piece of the puzzle for Friday night.
4: No, yeah, I, I'd heard an unconfirmed report. We don't know 100% that he was one of the guys that had was battling the flu this week. That doesn't mean that was the reason he, if that is true, it doesn't even mean that's the reason he came out. But it does kind of add up, makes sense, because Ira, our eye in the sky, who's got the binoculars, and we've got the little you know, cartoon you see with Ira with the binoculars, because that's what he does. He's always keeping a close eye on what's going on the sidelines. He looked down there and said, Johnny looks fine. He's walking around. There was never any any medical treatment or anything being done on him. So it, it really looks like he should be fine, which is good. Rest him up. Obviously, that's a game you're going to need. And we hope Micah, you know, we we our initial unprofessional impressions is that he's going to be okay. So hopefully he is. And Florida State will be at full strength in that receiver core. Next Optimus, Friday.
3: Optimus Climb uh, asks a question, uh, or he makes a demand, I should say. He says, uh, Johnny, come back next year. Well, Optimus, I've got good news for you. It seems extremely likely that Johnny yeah. Wilson is coming back because Rising Spear, the collective that is not associated with Florida State whatsoever, announced this week that it had signed Johnny yes. Wilson to an NIL deal. Yeah, for a two, for two games and a bowl? I mean, that wouldn't make much sense. It doesn't make much sense if he's there for one paycheck. It doesn't make – I mean, it's a small one at that. So you would think that if Johnny Wilson signs a deal with Rising Spear with two games to go and now one game to go, that would be a great signal that he is returning for next year. So hopefully that makes a lot of you happy in the chat. If so, throw us a thumbs up. And and you
4: know, Tom too, that he's a guy that, I mean, we see all the ability he has, but I mean, he's definitely has room to improve his route running and a lot of other stuff. He can make himself a much more viable draft prospect with a whole nother season to get better and polish his game. I mean, right now, I mean, someone may take a flyer on him late in the draft, but I think this guy has, because of his size and everything he can do, he's got NFL written all over him. He's got a, you know, it could be a first, second, third-round pick. Potentially, if he cleans up his game a little bit. So it makes sense for him to come back at least one more year.
3: Well, and everything about the details of his game, the NFL loves dudes who try hard. You know, there are some guys that come from universities you've never heard of but everybody's a freak athlete in the NFL. What what separates you is work ethic and details. And Johnny, with blocking, for example, is just you don't you won't have to teach him at the next level how to block. Yeah. That dude's just a monster. Uh, now our first caller is ready for today, and we go for the thirtieth time, the thirtieth time I believe now to Long Island, New York. Josh in Long Island, welcome back to the post game show. Go ahead with your thoughts after a fourth consecutive blowout, my man.
4: Josh, you there? You can hear him, okay. I don't I don't hear him, but Uh, yeah, no one's hearing the caller, Tom, but you. Yep.
5: Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you, but we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant.
4: Josh, I got to cut you off, buddy. I got to
3: cut you off, Josh. So, his question unfortunately, I can hear him and nobody else can. I don't know why that is is happening, but it sounds as normal to me. So, let me, uh, Josh, I got to drop you off the line for a minute. We'll see if we can get you back on. But his question is about three players that Florida State could keep this year. Who would they be for Eugene? And then uh, three players that you feel very confidently are going to leave. I can answer the first part.
4: Oh, I thought we were, you were saying pie in the sky if I could pick three guys. It's not so, oh, three realistic ones to bring Let's
3: back. Let's assume, and I apologize, Josh, and everybody out there. I could hear the call as usual. It runs off of my board. There's nothing different in the settings. But uh, I'm going to tell you that Jared Verse is gone, Fabian Lovett's gone, yep. and Jamie Robinson is gone. So those three are gone. Uh, we'll put some guys that are in the in-between category. Uh, Jordan Travis, uh, Trey Benson johnny wilson i don't know if there are many more let's play a little bit of a different game gene if you could keep only two of the three of jordan travis johnny wilson a trey benson where would you go
4: Woo. well i mean obviously jordan travis i mean that's that's yep. just the easy one between the two man it's i mean benson is such a difference maker and he's such a you know he's your prototypical like alabama georgia running back he's just so bruising i love it but Florida State is so deep at that position. I think you could get by with it. I just, I, I, I think Benson is a better player, but just I think it's so unique to have Johnny Wilson, a guy of that skill set, out there, and I think he's going to improve a lot with another season to be coached up, and I think it creates such a problem for defenses. If I had to pick, and I think it's more likely anyway, I think there's a decent chance if you look at some of the advanced metrics with Trey Benson, especially that PFF elusive rating. Which a lot of the, I've been told, a lot of NFL teams really look at that rating, and he's by far number one in all of college football in that category. So I think it's more likely Johnny Wilson comes back, and I don't know, Tom, if you're any different, but I think I, just because of all that depth at running back, yeah, I think I would take Johnny Wilson.
3: I, I think I would too, because this program has shown and this offense has shown that it can take a, a pretty good running back or an above-average running back and make him explosive through the scheme. And you just can't teach what Johnny Wilson has. I know that's basically what you're saying, Gene. But it's just this this offense hasn't proven yet that it can generate looks for receivers at the level that it can, opportunities for running backs to make explosive plays. And uh, Johnny brings so much to the running game as well, yeah. what he does in the perimeter. I am questionable on this, Gene, if we should continue with the phone calls because
4: we could try it to warn the caller that we may have to cut you off. And if we can't figure it out, we'll just have to cut it. We can't have dead air for that long. So yeah, exactly. I mean, I would just say, well, we'll try one more. If it works, great. If it doesn't, we're just going to have to cut off callers unless we can figure out what's happening.
3: So here's what we're going to do. Terry, stand by on the call in studio. What I'm going to do is the old reboot, refresh the page. And Ralph in Hawaii is waiting patiently for us. The funny thing is they can hear us, which I find very strange. And you can hear them. And I can hear him like normal. So, uh, Gene, you can give me the thumbs down. I know what Ralph is going to ask. And uh, mahalo, my friend. Uh, It's the War Chant Ohana, Ralph. Uh, Ralph, if we have to cut you off, I apologize in advance. Gene's going to give the thumbs up and the thumbs down Mm -hmm. like Caesar. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and we have
4: we got to have that. Come on. I, you didn't give enough notice. We need know. to have that one in the hopper. We need to have that. Yeah, we should, yeah, yeah here we go. So welcome, with, uh,
3: welcome in from Hawaii, Spartan Let's see what you got. And I apologize if we have to cut you off.
4: Damn it. Okay, That's, that sucks. Sorry, Ralph been a weird day today. i mean you had the brownout out today and had some other it's just some weird tech stuff's happening it, today
3: it is i yeah i had i mean yeah i had the power outage it's uh it's been funny and ralph i had to hang up on you i apologize here's what ralph wanted to do and uh spartan will get it cleaned up for next week we'll go through a test can I we guess.
4: just do a reset on the phone lines and maybe try that again i did try it
3: and uh when, when i asked you about the johnny question unfortunately uh ralph wanted to give a shout out to coach norvell and talk about you know the fact that he is taking this thing to a whole another level Um, and more focus should be on the job that has been done there and Gene I I would advance the discussion by saying this Um, I didn't think if you presented to me what the injury report was going to look like for Florida State and the guys that they were going to lose to injury over the first 10 games of the season Fabian Lovett for five uh, Robert Scott for a game and a half Jordan Travis for a half while you're trailing on the road at Louisville and you told me what's the record going to be? I'd
4: say 500 at best. There, they've coached against well, some of the preseason. Their offensive line preseason injuries too. Yep, on there too. A couple, of Bless Harris and uh, Kyle. Those guys. Um, I mean, that throw that into. No, you're right. I mean, I, Lyles. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Caden Lyles. Yeah, two, two guys or at least one definite starter and two possible starters in there
3: they coach Norvell has fostered a depth that I didn't think was possible is my point. I didn't think mm-hmm. that the, the depth that they're at right now was, was possible. And it's, it's very impressive to see what, what they've done and how in a year where your best defender, because to me, Fabian love your best defensive player versus close. And even he hasn't been fully healthy for a good stretch of the season. Yeah. But look at how the defense has changed with Fabian Lovett in the fold. He had a forced fumble today as well. You're still eight and three, and you're talking about if you had him, you might be ten and one or eleven and zero. I thought Fabian Lovett would be the guy that helped you to get to eight and four, not the guy Mm -hmm. that can push you past eight and three or nine and three and get you to eleven and one. Um, That's unbelievable the job that Mike Norvell has done to foster that conversation. I never thought it was possible we could be talking about Florida State in 2022 like that.
4: No, and I think what's lost and, and no one's really talked about it too and I've heard from several people close to the program is um, Robert Cooper also for during a lot of those games is playing well under 50% of some people are saying they most people would have sat out a couple of those games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he's not going to complain about it and he he fought through it especially with with Fabian being out. He felt like he needed to be out there for his leadership and everything else. so all that and that you, you're absolutely right and it begs the other side of the coin. Um, what happens if those guys are healthy during that three-game stretch? And I don't know, I don't know if I, I actually saw it. Or it was made up, but did Lovett co- make a quote that he said we would be undefeated if he was healthy? <laughs> Somebody said know. that. like I don't know if he actually said that or not or alluded to it, but I don't know about that, but I guarantee they would have at least won one of those games and probably two uh, if, if they were at full health on defense. If you Which... had a fully healthy verse and a fully healthy uh, uh, Fabian – in there at the time. And that's just how it's amazing what we thought the cap of the season was. It actually was probably a lot higher. I mean, it could have been 10, 11 wins very easily.
3: Well, and if you won the correct two games, which would be one of those is over Clemson and then pick pick your other one. NC State's the obvious choice, but let's just say well, that you're playing for the good. ACC. Yeah, You'd be playing for the ACC championship and you'd be squarely in the playoff discussion because they'd have mm-hmm. to put you ahead of LSU. They have to at that point.
4: Well, it's the SEC. You say logic. That doesn't, you know, SEC, it won't matter. They would still get in over FSU would be my guess. but
3: They can't make a game control argument after that performance at Arkansas. (laughs) I promise you that. And then they got blown out by Tennessee. They haven't
4: made that argument since that one year, since it hurt FSU, since I've never heard that come up once. That is correct. Uh, Kim is somebody we need to thank for a
3: contribution to TV, and we appreciate you, Kim. Uh, I would have expected Tate to get more snaps. Now, this is interesting. Gene, I'd like to get your take on that first before I answer.
4: Yeah, I really thought more than one series, I guess because it was a scoring drive, maybe he wanted to have all the quarterbacks have some success. I mean, Tate is your immediate backup, but we don't know for sure Jordan's coming back. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would have liked to have seen him get another series or two in there, but he probably wanted to make sure Duffy got in there because it's first chance to really get some extended time would be my guess. Hopefully he'll he'll be asked in the postgame about that. But no, I was a little surprised Tate didn't get more run. But hey, at least the one time he was out there, he led him to a score. So good for him. So, Gene,
3: we could go one of two ways here. We could continue, and Island Chief, will get to you first. How much better is Lundy this year? Island Chief, I'd say marginally better. Uh, there, there have been a lot of moments this year where I thought 46 has his eyes in the wrong place. Um, but he's gotten leaner, and he's gotten faster. And so that's helped him make more plays than last year.
4: We appreciate it. You're a sack and a pass breakup. I mean, I never thought I mean the sack he actually look, I know he's not the, the speediest, most athletic guy out there, but he did he ran the quarterback down, and got a sack and got it was solid in and pass coverage, which you never see from him. So I mean I do think there's some definite improvements. Uh, but no, he's still got a you know he's still got a ways to go. But I really like what I saw at him. So if, I don't know if we want to. Are we clearing up? The, if we're not going to do, we shouldn't have that phone number up there. I don't know if so we're the, we we're go. Gonna one, we
3: could take our you know we we have one more break in the queue that okay. we have to get to before the end of the show. So we could take a break now and I could go a full reboot and then we come yeah. back and we give it another crack. You I like to it. it
4: I like it. We want to hear from our callers, so let's give it one more shot, guys. We're okay, if we want to hear from you.
3: If you're on hold, stay there. That's not your problem. I'm going to reboot a couple of things. We're going to take a quick 60 second break. Come back and give it a shot. If it doesn't work, then it wasn't. And if not, not be- we'll
4: take more questions on uh, from people in the chat. So if you're on Facebook, you're on YouTube chat, live chat, Twitter. We'll take more. Questions from you that way.
3: Uh, Jack and Coke celebrations for FSU fan nineteen ninety three. Whoever else needs a refill, go get you a refill right now. We'll be back in just over sixty seconds. You're watching War Chant Game Day post game presented by Zaxby's.
0: Something big, something huge, is taking over the world of chicken sandwiches. Zaxby's new signature sandwich with Zax sauce or new spicy Zack sauce. Because the chicken sandwich war ain't over yet. The new signature sandwich, it's taking over. And it's only at Zaxby's.
1: Warchant.com has been the definitive home of all things FSU sports for over 20 years and is now part of On3, the next generation network. Warchant.com has the most experienced tenured, and largest staff on the Florida State sports beat and now features innovative resources, including an NIL database that projects player value and a truly aggregated composite recruiting ranking system that will set the bar in the industry.
2: There are no words to describe the perfect pairing of Zaxby's hand-readed
1: fingers and our 12 delectable sauces. But there is a sound, and that sound is mm, mm, mm. The Zaxby's Chicken Finger Plate with endless sauce abilities. Only at Zaxby's.
3: All right, Gene Williams, get your Julius Caesar or uh, you know what, Commodus, the uh, Commodus, emperor, emperor of that, Rome. Yeah. Get your thumb ready to go up or down. We're gonna fire away. There he is. There we go, old, old Commodus. Oh, oh, now Ben, don't oh. be a, don't don't be a Debbie Downer. Here we go to Greg <laughs> and Eastlake. Greg and Eastlake, I'm gonna have to cut you off if we can't hear you. I apologize in advance if that's the case. But come on, bring us bring us through noise. What you got after a blowout win? Greg, go ahead. That's on Greg's side. I'm not hearing a thing. So we're going to switch and we're going to no, drop for Greg anyone. for a moment.
4: Maybe he heard all this. He said, I'm not going to try.
3: Yeah, that's right. We're going to go to Ed Frank, the tank in Jacksonville. Come
4: on, Frank.
3: Come on, Frank. Give it to us. What you got? Gene, any luck?
4: Breakout Commodus.
3: Oh, no. Ed, I'm so sorry. Call, call back on Friday and we'll get back to you. I am so sorry, my brother. All right. Sorry, man. Oh, he just said. Uh, he just said a choice word. There you go, uh, Terry, in the screening room. You have an early reprieve today. We are going to open up. Uh, unfortunately, Ben, you can take off the uh, the phone number line. We will uh, work on that for Friday. Never had tested before. We will now. Uh, unfortunately, we're shutting down the phone lines, and I'm sure you're going to hear drop sound. I'm sure you heard that, um, or did you, Gene? Did you not no. even hear that? Nothing fascinating. Uh, we're going to go only to the ABC viewer chat, the ABC Fine Wine and Spirits viewer chat. So if you've got questions for us old Ben director Ben is going to be pulling stuff up like Optimus Climb and his question is of the returning too deep who is poised to replace a difference maker love mm-hmm. it first jamie robinson or become one themselves and it can't be Patrick
4: oh you stole that one wow
3: okay Gene that do you want wrong. first crack or do you want second crack?
4: The only thing I'm gonna say is I think you're gonna see this address in the portal. I mean outside of Peyton I mean, there's some okay, younger guys that have some potential in there. I don't know. I don't see a Lovett or a Verse on the roster. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or I don't even know if I see somebody of J-Rob. I mean, right now, those are your three best players on defense. And it's not, you know, Tatum Bethune is in there. I think he's the fourth. I don't think there's anybody else kind of in their league right now. So it's hard for me to pick somebody that's just going to make a monumental jump between now and then. I think one or two of those guys are going to go the portal for him.
3: Yeah, I'd say they should dip into the portal anyway. Um, But I would say that Joshua Farmer has a chance to be close to Fabian Lovett just because he's got the ability to make plays in the back and the backfield. But that's not the same thing as being uh, somebody who can stuff run as well as Fabian does. But if you're just talking about splash plays, tackles for loss, high profile moments where you go, oh, man, Uh, you know, second and short. Now it's third and long. Joshua Farmer has got a chance to be that guy, but they don't. And
4: you don't see anybody then, do you?
3: No, not not after Peyton, uh,
4: but I but I think but I think the thing is too. Here's where the transfer portal really helps you. Florida State, if Verse leaves, we assume he's a first rounder. A lot of the early mock drafts have him in there. If you can get two transfers back to back years being drafted that highly. I mean, there's going to be people lining up some defensive ends at some of these SEC schools, Big Ten schools. are going to want to come play for Mike Norvell and play for John Papuchas. So I think you there's a decent chance you may get one or two out of the portal.
3: The other name I put out there to replace Jamie Robinson, if they bring him closer to the line of scrimmage, Shaheen Brown has a nose for the football and a nose how to get downhill and make a tackle. But I don't know about you know some of the other responsibilities at safety. Shaheen Brown's a good player. I think he's got a chance to be a difference maker, but more work ahead the good news is that the coaching staff likes them enough that they rotate three safeties out there at times where you see jamie
4: robinson akeem dent and shaheem brown on the field all at the same time how about how about that hit by j we're bringing up j-rob anyway how about that stop on fourth oh, down goodness. i was so mad at the officials when they called that a first down because and even the i don't you i Tom, you probably weren't listening to the broadcasters it was so annoying listening to these guys and they weren't even acc network people but um, they kept saying, "Oh, it's it's not you know it's not conclusive. It looked like he made it to them. It's like look where the ball is, guys, not where his head is, because the ball is way out here and his head's here. It was pretty obvious he did not pick up that fourth down. So I'm glad they they reviewed that and they they came up with the right call. But just a vicious hit by J. Rob on that and that just stuff like that's going to be hard to replicate next year. Somebody with that kind of instinct and that kind of ability to sit in there at safety.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I was actually a little bit late to get home. I got home halfway through the first quarter. We were working at the uh, hotel Indigo to make sure that the stream was working with today's ridiculousness of you know how yeah. to find the game and such. And uh, Jeff Colhane was on it all the way. He and Barnum, William Floyd, were saying that's short. They thought so before the spot. They said it was a generous spot. And when they reviewed it, they told you loud and clear that this is a, a non-issue. So
4: yeah,
3: um, it was it was good to hear that on the radio broadcast. So I wasn't uh, shortchanged because I know how these uh. Broadcasters can be in the low end of the ACC network, or when they put you on the RSNs, they can be extremely, extremely frustrating. Uh, Screener Terry, I got a text from you. Uh, no moss on the caller. So uh, go enjoy you a nice single malt. I know you're a Scotch fella. Uh, another question from John. We talk about the bad luck FSU's had with injuries. How much do you think FSU's benefited from injuries other schools have had in the last few weeks? Or are the Knolls really this good? Fair question. Uh, Gene, what do you think?
4: It's been—is it? and now we got four straight games where the quarterback was limited or yes. out, their starter. Yes. So I mean, it, it makes a difference. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But you just look—I talked earlier about the execution, the poise, the not committing penalties, all those kind of things. That has nothing to do with the other team. Florida State is playing a clean brand of football right now. You have to give them credit for that. Would that some of these blowouts been a little bit closer? I think so, but they—I still think they'd be blowouts. I don't think any. I don't think if quarterback for uh, uh louisiana plays today it makes that much of a difference all that would mean is your starters might stay in a little longer and it could have been probably about the same score i don't think my you know a healthy van dyke as much as forest they dominated miami well maybe maybe they actually score a touchdown tom i mean you know we're, we're talking minuscule differences in my mind because forest state was so dominating on every aspect of those games i it makes a small difference But I don't think it's humongous.
3: Uh, I I think it's a little A, a little B, John. I agree with Gene. I, I look forward to seeing what Florida State looks like against the Gators if the right offense shows up or if they're not a beaten bunch Like they were obviously this uh, today, earlier this afternoon in Nashville, as the Gators have lost to Vanderbilt. If you're just joining us, that's a thing that you
4: can say that several You need to say that more often, Tom.
3: And and Florida Man in Texas Mm -hmm. writes, The Gators have lost to Vanderbilt. He also writes, Somewhere right now, Jeff Cameron is yelling at a bar, Let's go beat that Gator ass. Yep. All right, Florida Man in Texas, we appreciate you. And he's making his first trip since 2010, is Florida Man in Texas to Tallahassee this week. So save the spot. All right. Over the Thanksgiving holiday, hopefully
4: he can make it to Indigo because we're not doing Happy Hour because that would be on Thanksgiving Day, which is kind of you know I can't you know can't ask Corey and Jeff to do that. I'm not going to tell them to be away from their families, but we will be at Indigo. Is it three hours before kickoff? Is that correct, Tom? Uh,
3: it's three hours before
4: kickoff. Three
3: hours before kickoff. Four, Four kickoff. thirty. So Four thirty.
4: 30. Hopefully Florida man in Texas can come by and see us at Hotel Indigo. I think Corey is going to be there. I'm going to, I'm going to show up. Of course you and Jeff will be doing the thing. Hopefully it'll be a beautiful fall day, Yep. you know, out on the balcony, their beautiful view of Doe Campbell from the, uh, it was seventh, seventh floor,
3: seventh floor, seventh floor. Yep. We are redefining what the seventh floor crew means here on war chance. Mm-hmm. EV yuck mouth Eight you. That's right. With four consecutive blowouts, possibly five. Shouldn't Florida state be the highest ranked lost team. I don't see why not. I, I would say, yeah, I think so.
4: Gene, would you agree? I got to look who are the other, I don't know if we can pull up the last playoff right. rankings. I'd like to see who's up there. I, I would imagine. Now, one thing I will say, if you go to the advanced metrics or even go to the stats, total defense at Florida state was only one of three teams. I believe that were ranked in the top 15 in total offense, total defense. Is that correct? And the other two were Georgia yes, and awesome. another was it Georgian? Who Ohio was State. Ohio State. So, that I mean, when that's your kind of company, and that, it's the same way in PFF, Florida State is right up there in all those offense and defensive metrics. So, by almost any measure, they are probably by far the best three-loss team. I don't know if there's another team with three losses. It's had a lot tougher schedule than Florida State. And the three losses, you know, really all came down to the last minute mm-hmm. um, as well. So, like we talked about below us, Florida State's not been beaten really beaten by anybody, a couple teams edge them out. And that's, that's the difference right now.
3: So the, uh, the only two teams in the college football playoff rankings with three losses, and that'll change this week. Some more teams will have three yeah. losses just by the nature of how college football goes. Kansas state was 15th in the country and Notre Dame at 18th. I think Notre Dame's a farce. Uh, I, I get they beat Clemson and we did not. But if you look last week with the Navy game and, and what happened in that particular, like if you're looking at trends, uh, yep. Notre Dame is not as consistent as Florida State has been for the better part of five weeks now. So uh, I don't see why not at this point, as our friends at Metro Deli would say. But I think, you know, win again this week, Gene, against Florida on Friday. And in that final ranking set before the conference championships, Florida State's looking at top 15. I, I just don't see how, how that's possible for them to be outside of the top yeah. 15. If they go nine and three heading into a bowl, which could be significant because if North Carolina, say, were to fall to NC State next week, and then on top of that, they lose in the ACC championship game to Clemson, then Florida State could be in the second position with ACC bowl tie-in. Yeah, oh, and you know what
4: that means Gator Bowl, right? Oh, that could mean Orange Bowl. Well, if Clemson elevator- – Oh, if Clemson backs in. Oh, that's one of the things. I was thinking about that today. That's why that TCU game was important today, uh, if you weren't paying attention, which is amazing. They pulled that out against Baylor, of all teams. But they, if they would have lost that game, then we really would be talking about the potentiality of Clemson backing into that playoff spot. Yep. And that means then Florida State, with two North Carolina, two more North Carolina losses, becomes that second team poised to go in the Orange Bowl. So it's less – you know, TCU still – could lose a game, but that North Carolina thing is the other factor too, because they do play NC state next weekend. So that is still on the table. Mm -hmm. Uh, So don't completely discount that yet, but it's really looking like, I would say Gator bowl, most likely cheese at bowl second. And there's about four or five that are kind of in the mix after that.
3: We're looking at about 2025 20, more minutes here on Warchant TV's post game show. We will effort to get somebody from the press box. Our staff is everywhere and they do all things very very well here at WarChain.com and War Chan TV. Be on the lookout for post game press conferences. Uh, you'll have Aslan posting those, the War Chant rap with Ira and Corey. The column from Corey will be up. I'm sure it's another one that he could write in the second quarter again today. He, I'm sure he's loving life as a yeah, columnist. Especially right
4: noon game, man. He's done working. He's, yes. already done. he's probably already at Corner Pocket hanging out at this point.
3: Uh, Tom Ortner asks, are you and me going to burn one in the Corner Pocket next Saturday? No, that's not, that's not my style, Tom. <laughs> but uh, I'm happy to shake your hand if you're over at the CP. Maybe Corey's already there now because he's finished his column. Uh, I see a question from Jake as well, who says, what are y'all's bowl opponent predictions? Uh, let's let the rest of Saturday slate shake out. Yeah. yeah
4: I, I think we're narrowing down the bowl possibilities, but the opponent, there's so many variables there. It's just, It's hard to predict at this point, but you're right after and I if you saw I did a bowl video last week and I may do another one this week and I I might start throwing in because I think it'll be narrowed. It's a potential opponent, especially if we're looking at if it's really looking more and more like the Gator Bowl. There's only a handful of possible opponents, correct, correct, for those matchups. So I think we'll start narrowing that down. Tom makes a good point. As of Sunday, we'll have a better idea of those things.
3: Moving on to the ABC viewer chat, Uh, the next question we'll get to in just a moment. Reminder, folks, if you're going to a Thanksgiving table that's not your own and you don't want to walk in a door empty-handed – that's what my mom always taught me – ABC Fine Wine and Spirits has these awesome gift baskets that are already pre-wrapped for you, and they've got things like bottles of wine and chocolate – or uh, a bourbon and then a highball glass. Cheese and crackers. I've had that one. Yep, that's right. You got a little charcuterie action to go mm-hmm. along with the bottle. So just it makes it look like you're the pro who is extremely thoughtful. Let ABC Fine Wine and Spirits handle it for you, especially if you're going somewhere that maybe your significant other is taking you to and you don't want to go or whatever it is. It makes your night easier, too. So walk in with maybe something around each arm, a nice little gift basket today. ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. That's good for the whole holiday season. Who do we have next?
4: Do they sell beer funnels at ABC? <laughs> do we? Does somebody have one? I was thinking about that. I, my old one retired years ago, so I don't know where we're going to get the beer funnel from. If you
3: have a one beer funnel and a two beer funnel, we are calling on you. Ira promised to do a two beer funnel Ooh. at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. If Florida two State, two beers.
4: Did. <laughs> wow, I, I'm sticking. I'll do one, maybe one and a half. I don't know. So
3: I guess we could use the the two beer funnel and just fill it halfway. That's called math um if you've got one just leave it a corner pocket uh and leave a note that says uh to bill and g we'll
4: give you a shout out put your yeah if it's a sponsor we'll put your put i say abc if they want to give us one we'll put them on the funnel we'll put their logo on there there you go
3: uh yeah, if we can find it at abc fine wine and spirits next up on the war chant viewer chat again if you're just joining us the phone lines they are kaput today a lot of things going wrong at least it's not on a florida friday we'd be really pissed off if that was the case Uh, But we're good now. Four straight blowout victories for Florida State. So if you've got any questions about 20, 25 minutes remaining, Um, let's see, Ben, do we have anything that's uh, pressing at the moment in terms of a question for us? Optimus Climb back again. Gene, what's the NIL uh, NIL deal look like to bring D-Rob back for our in-game shows next season? Roster retention. That's always a big part of things mm-hmm. for coaching staffs now is roster retention. Optimus was asking some X's and O's questions today and also some big picture stuff. D-Rob was a... Uh, Gene, you remember this from covering recruiting back in the day. Dominic Robinson from California was a big name and a big get for Florida State. And D-Rob was comparing the existence of recruiting in his time versus today. And D-Rob went on record saying he'd be a millionaire <laughs> if mm-hmm. he was being
4: recruited. I don't work. know about that, but I tell you, he did. Oh, he was all about the promotion. Like he, he wouldn't, he never turned on a phone call from me. We wanted to do an update back when he was in high school I mean I've told the story before how he had Bobby Bowden in his house and then picked up the phone to talk to me while Bobby was in his living room Mm -hmm. and of course don't before you get mad at me as soon as he told me oh I I asked because coach Bowden was supposed to visit I go coach Bowden busy I go yeah he's sitting right next to me I'm like D-Rob I'll talk to you later call me back when Bobby leaves I'm not going to interrupt the visit Um, and then he was it was funny when we would uh so the old Moore Center I don't know if you were even remember that, Tom, but they would have these kind of like stairs you could sit on Mm -hmm. behind where the trophies and stuff were back in the corner. And we'd sit there, the media would, when the players came in and out of the locker room. D-Rob would always beeline right to us after every practice. We'd hang out there and get the players. And sometimes if we didn't get them the first time, he would circle back again to make sure we knew he was available for interviews. (laughs) And that's the opposite. If you've been in the media for a while, you know, so many of the players will find ways to avoid us and not you know chris winky was notorious out of sneaking out the back and finding little secret ways to avoid talking to us um so no he loved the self-promotion in terms of optimus's uh question our collective is putting together a package. We are working on it uh, right now to get that. We got to beef up that NIL for 2023. But, you know, his, his work on the grease board alone, Tom, is worth uh, worth yeah. merit to try to bring him back next year.
3: He had a good breakdown of some of the formations that Coach Norvell is mm-hmm. starting to roll out again. Uh, Mr. Ike, Aish? Weatherman says, chance for rain for the Gator game. Gene and Tom, how do you think it affects the
4: game? I, I I hate talking weather, you know, I, I, we've got all these weather people that freak out. I, it makes me, it's one of the things that just, it's probably me. It's a pet peeve. I hate these wet people freaking about weather a week in advance. Nobody can predict the weather almost 24 hours in advance. We're not going to know in a week, what it's going to be like that said, I don't mind answering the hypothetical if it is rainy. I definitely think it helps Florida state. They're the team who runs, they have the better running game, Florida state, Florida is weak against the run. I, I think a slugfest would be good. You'd have Trey Benson just running down their throats. And it takes now Anthony Richardson also is a good runner too. But I mean, I think I think at the end of the day, Florida State would have a little bit of an advantage were it to rain. I'm not predicting rain or not at this point. It's, let's, let's check in about Wednesday, Thursday and see what the weather forecast is like.
3: Yeah. Optimus says uh, that means FSC runs. For I like it. Plus, yeah. I like it. Optimus. I, I tend to agree. Also, you've got better receivers, too. And in worse weather, I think if you've got a middling receiver, that guy becomes bad. And if you've got good receivers, there's still going to be enough. And Jordan Travis legs are also a big factor in the rain. Yeah. Too. So however you slice it, Florida State is going to be favored in this game. Gene and I are speculating more than a touchdown. And they should be. They should be favored by more than a touchdown after what Florida put out in the field today. Doesn't mean that that's not within the margin. This is different than being favored by seven points on the road at Miami. Call for a blowout on that one. This is going to be a little bit more yeah. testy. This the, At least Florida has the potential. They've got better players than Miami does. And that's just a fact. That's why they play the games too. So it's going to be a wild atmosphere. Gene, I had said it earlier, not that this is a World Cup program, but you know the USA website for soccer, had Pacific times listed for the start of these World Cup matches uh, erroneously. So Mm. at at 2 p.m. on game day against the Gators, USA, England in the World Cup, 2 p.m. So in the tailgate lots, you may have Knowles and Gators (laughs) together for the purposes of the country for 90 minutes of soccer. And then they go their separate ways around 334 o'clock as they head to Hotel Indigo. Uh, hmm. For our pregame show on War Chan TV, it'll be a unique setting, not only Black Friday, but then also there's just a World Cup game that's happening in the middle of the day. Game like a Dylan asks, does UF losing to Vandy lessen or heighten the impact of Friday's game and why?
4: Uh, um, I think what it does is a couple things. First of all, Florida's to salvage anything. What are they, six and five now? Six and five. Yeah. Six and five. So, I mean, to salvage anything in their season, so I think a little bit their backs are against the wall. And I know this is not the way they want to start a new regime with a new coaching staff who's trying to build momentum and recruiting and NIL and all that. If he falls flat in the face and loses to your rival, especially if it's ugly, <clears throat> I think it's really going to affect what they want to do, just like what's happening down in South Florida. The same thing there. They'll lose a lot of that momentum. How I think it maybe affects Friday's game, and you, put, I think you nailed it, Tom. Because they've lost, they're down, they've lost to Vandy, if they fall behind big early, I think that's where you get a chance to put your foot on their throat. They may just kind of cash it in at that point. So I think that's where you're at now. I think they're losing a little bit of that confidence. It's got to shake your confidence when you lose to Vandy. You know, you thought maybe you were playing better. You mentioned they were competitive, a couple of really good opponents uh, during stretches of games. But, man, losing to Vandy, you got to 2nd guess. Maybe we really aren't that good. You fall behind. So I think it is an advantage to Florida State if they can jump on them early. And they, the good thing is, Florida State's been one of the best in the country when it comes off comes to getting a quick start.
3: I think it would, and, and I don't mean to be a negative guy, but I, honestly, they're coming off a loss to Vandy. I think it would make us all feel a little bit more negatively about a potential loss to Florida Gators. Oh, our,
4: FSU's feeling like, sure if, if you lose to a 6-5 and five Florida team, right.
3: Right, yeah. We would take it harder, I think, if, if you know Florida State were to lose as Florida's coming off of this. Jeremy says the March Madness Committee sometimes gives more consideration to teams that dealt with injuries and or finish the season hot. Will a 12-team college football playoff be the same? If so, this team could sneak in. Yeah, you know, they're not consistent at all with four teams. And I think, Jeremy, not to get on a soapbox here, but that television product every Tuesday is a farce. They just Mm -hmm. do it for ratings. Uh, The final rankings will matter. This is all for nonsense to get people riled up. And basically, it's trolling. That show every week is a troll job. Uh, but I think that Florida State, if this were, let's move it to the this question. If this were a 12-team college football playoff season with whatever that would be, seven at-large spots or five at-large spots, however you want to divvy it up, Florida State would be in a really important
4: game this upcoming weekend, Gene. They would have to be in consideration. That's interesting because they're what were they 19 this week? Yes. And so you're thinking somewhere 16, 15, 16 around there probably this week so they would be right on the edge and this is where it would come down to style points. Yes. This is one of those ones because you're right on that borderline you would probably have to blow Florida out to make sure you did that so yeah I think they'd be right on the borderline being on that 12 team. But you're right. And and who knows that? You know, who knows what that committee considers? Like you said, it was game control one week. It's almost like whatever fits the narrative, whatever riles people up, they're going to bring up. I would think it would make sense that you would consider when they lost those three close games against really ranked all ranked teams at the time um, that they were down uh, several key players. So they should take that into consideration because you're talking about the postseason being healthy in the way they play down the stretch should factor into it. Now, I know in some of the other stuff, too, when the Bulls used to do it a lot of times when they would look at all these factors, they would look at how a team played down the stretch and more important, second half of your season the first half. So if you look at that for Florida State, you have to be impressed. And being a close between Florida State and other team, they should get the edge based on that.
3: I would agree. Mile Heinol says, what has you most optimistic for our last game of the year and most concerned? I'll start with this one. Most optimistic, the maturity level of this group yeah. to be prepared week in and week out. One key ingredient to Florida state losing down in the swamp last year was getting baited into pregame nonsense mm-hmm. where you have an interim coach and a broken bunch that are trying to intimidate the Knowles and or talk trash to Florida state. And the question is, do you take the bait or do you not Florida state took the bait? And one of the best things I've heard coach Norvell say in the last month, Jean is That before the Miami game, he challenges players to handle this more like a business trip, even though it's a game that matters more, play with more maturity. Because he cited in, I forget which press conference it was, but he said something to the larger effect of, uh, we had some maturity issues in some games last year. Which is, Mike is always accountable for any time they make a mistake like this, Gene. And this is another instance in which he says, we screwed up. We screwed up and we, we allowed them to get in our head. And so because of that, and because of the way they handled Miami mile high, Knoll, I feel very good that their head is going to be in the right place and they're not going to get too high for this game. They're going to treat it as they've treated the last four, which is with razor sharp focus mm-hmm. and with a physicality at the jump that Florida better be prepared to match. Uh, Gene, do you have any concerns and or overriding excitement, uh other excitement topics for Friday night?
4: No, I mean, I think you're right on it. The fact that they've played so clean the last four games, and I I went through the litany of things, the red zone, the lack of penalties, uh, just guys playing cleaner, executing the consistency, not having the emotional up and downs. And that's a great point about last year's Florida game, but they were just, they were, they were punching the mouth. A lot of cheap, chippy stuff happened and it got to them. I've seen teams try to do that to Florida State this year. A few instances doesn't phase them anymore. They just walk away. Um, And that's that's a huge sign of maturity. So I'm most optimistic about that because I think Florida State plays a clean game, doesn't turn the ball you know, they don't lose the the turnover battle. Mm -hmm. They're going to win this game nine times out of 10, in my opinion. Um, So I'm much more confident than I was a month ago that they're in a, a superior position to win this game. You know, the thing you worry about, it's a rivalry game. You know, Florida, Florida's back is against the wall. This is any semblance of semblance of salvaging the season will be to beat Florida State in Doe Campbell. Right. So those players will be fired up. They're going to give it their best shot. And you've got a very, they've got a dynamic quarterback and he's got, he has to scare you. You see that guy now, I think he's massively overrated. I mean, the fact that they pushed him for the Heisman trophy was laughable because uh, you see how many mistakes and stuff he makes, but at the end of the day, when he's hot, and he goes on a run. You don't see it for a whole game very often. But if he, if Anthony Richardson plays hot for four quarters, you're going to have a dogfight on your hands.
3: Yeah, and a couple of things. You know, this isn't a six and five bunch that had aspirations for an SEC East championship. So you're going to get an effort out of them. You know, there are se- there are seasons when things are falling apart, and you're six and five. You're like, oh my god, they were preseason picked to finish number one in their division you might get a bunch that shows up and wants to quit. That's not the case with this group because they're still building towards the future. And then for Anthony Richardson, his case, Gene, I understand that you're probably going to laugh at this, but his measurables are off the charts and it's a bad year. It's a light year for so quarterback. Your quarterback prospects in the NFL. It's a light year. So this would be his final opportunity to put something on film for scouts in his own mind. So to yeah. me, I think you're going to get a very, Uh, motivated Anthony Richardson out the gate. So you got to be prepared for that. I think Florida State will be. They've proven that. They were prepared for this today. This was a game that if you were going to take a nap, this would be the one, and they didn't do it. So Mm -hmm. maturity just with flying colors. Wilson, thank you so much. Uh, We still are appreciating your phone call from a couple of weeks ago, the heartfelt call on the WarChamp postgame show. What are the chances Billy got caught looking ahead and that's why they lost. Gene, want to put a percentage on it?
4: <laughs> uh, I'd say Billy, and the whole team, I say there's about a 90% shot of that. Florida's good enough to beat Vanderbilt. They're, they shouldn't have lost that game. And that's, but that we, you know, Tom, we talked about the maturity of Florida state that would have happened to Florida state a year or two ago. They would have these ups and downs like this. And we just talked about how this team has matured because they've had three years with a step. Now, I don't know. If Billy Napier is the answer. or Not of Florida. I kind of tend to think maybe not, but it's too early to judge him, just like anybody who tried to judge Mike Norvell the first year, year and a half. It really wasn't fair to judge him because he's got to bring his players in. He's got to install his culture. And I'm sure Napier's trying to do the same thing down there. And you're going to have these ups and downs because you've got, you know, you've got so many moving doors going on there right now. So I'm sure it played a huge role in them being upset.
3: Noel Buck 83, we'll get to you in just a second. I'll add one footnote to that. I asked Dominic Robinson, is that just a thing we make up in the media, or can you look ahead? Is that real? He goes, oh, no, it's real. It's real. No. So as a player, <laughs> yeah, if he says it's real, then I think it's a yeah 90 to 100%. Yeah, 100%. yeah. Noel Buck 83, thank you very much for contributing to War Chant and War Chant TV. Coming to Tallahassee for my uh, for my boys' first ever Florida State game this week. What a way to come into the week from Ohio to Tally. See y'all in yeah. hotel Indico thanks for the great content well a preemptive welcome and happy thanksgiving to you and yours Buck 83 we look forward to seeing you optimus climb i love you guys been following war chant since the booker sims days that's quite a while ago
4: that's that's the old school days that was just me running the show back then
3: still the best only getting better with adding the jcs crew oh thanks optimus appreciate all you guys do well it's because of you all out there that we're yes. able to do what we do so we turn that thank you right around.
4: There's our man, Z-Chan.
3: Z-Chan. Here's to Gino English getting in the game. Another amazing game and lots of confidence going into Florida. See you guys next week. Yes. Official TMD. We look forward to talking to you on the phone after another victory, Z-Chan. Yes, we'll get that yeah. tied up for next week. We'll make sure. We I wish Gino
4: could have gotten him. I mean, it would have been so cool if Gino could have gotten him in the end zone there. Just give him a little, yep. little love.
3: Yeah, they had the one fumbled snapper. else they looked like they had something. Yeah, they were there. moving on that drive. Eric Angel drops in the chat, and he's calling Gene for a 50-burger on the Florida Gators. What? And why do we highlight that? For two reasons. Number one, old Eric Angel, a pillar, usually comes on the the postgame call-in version of the show. He also was the first to mark it down and call a blowout against Miami. He called a
4: 40-burger against Miami, and he He nailed it.
3: He did. So, Eric, here's hoping, because if you're correct. Keg stands galore on a Saturday morning.
4: Maybe multiple funnels if that happens.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. Are we going to get are, is it multiple keg stands and funnels? Uh for uh, I'll try for to do burger? two. If
4: I get the first one down, I'll try to do a second one if they score a 50 burger just for you, Eric.
3: <laughs> Hawaii Knoll, later guys. Uh, yeah, we'll see you later as well to Hawaii Knoll and Spartanol, Uh Gene, we had somebody from Singapore today, Japan, uh Canada. Germany, over, right? Germany, all over the map. Yeah, Warchant TV is worldwide, and we thank you all for your support it's a last ditch effort we're making to see if we can get uh, a report from stadium side over bobby Field at doe campbell stadium if we can we will have that guest come on but if you've got a couple more questions on the abc fine wine and spirits viewer chat last call for those questions uh cade asks and i see him recently jumping in the chat how optimistic should an fsu fan be based upon this season gene You've seen a lot more of the ups and downs than I have. So I'll
5: let
4: you lead the way on this one. I mean, how can you not be? I mean, just the, the, the growth from year one to year three, it's phenomenal. Um, and they're doing things, it, they're, they're executing, you know, like I just, everything you want to see out of a team you've seen out of the team. I would say the one thing is we've talked before. They're going to lose some really good players. Yep. They're going to leave early, i not heard very early reports, but you're, you're always leery. There's no guarantees in recruiting in the portal. Um, so that's the only thing I would be a little bit concerned. You can't just I mean you replace Jermaine Johnson there you go know, there's no way they can find anybody comparable to him. Well you know what they did? Um I don't know if they can keep repeating that over and over again. You've got you're losing two big time likely defensive tackles. Can you can you replace them with somebody comparable? Um the yeah, safety, one maybe one of the best safeties. In the country, you got to replace him too. Can you do it? Jordan Travis coming back. We kind of think so, but we don't know. So there's still some scary things, but overall, the health of the program, man, you got to feel fantastic, especially where you came from and you really feel like you have the right staff, the right system. Everything's in place for this team to continue to grow and get better and better.
3: So Cade, I will, uh, I'll say it this way. If Jordan Travis comes back next year, you should set your baseline expectation at nine wins, your baseline expectation. Here's why. I'll run through the opponents very, very quickly. We know they're playing LSU. Oh,
4: early for W's and L's, though, Tom. It is. I won't do W's <laughs> and L's. We're not
3: going that far. But LSU, we know they're going to kick off on Labor Day weekend. That Sunday night. That's going to be a tough game. Mm. You're going on the road, and you're playing Florida.
4: That to be a top-10 matchup? I should be, and you know, of I mean, that where Florida, especially if Jordan comes back, that could be a top ten national television, Ooh, maybe game day, even who knows. I think
3: they would be foolish wow. not to do that, Gene, and and you know, the networks and and the media love you know inflating numbers, even if they're close, because they yeah, want yeah, they want, yeah. they want that on the screen. Mm-hmm. So I think that's absolutely going to be a top ten matchup if Jordan comes back at Florida is going to be a tough one uh, at Clemson next year. So those are three toughies. If you could win just one of those, here's the rest of it. Southern Miss, North Alabama, Boston College, Miami, at home. The Q's, Wake Forest, Duke, Virginia Tech, and Pitt. I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah,
4: and Wake will not be the same. Wake, all those 12th-year seniors have to finally leave Wake Forest and their quarterback. I know Hartman, as someone told me, technically he could come back for another year, but there's just no freaking way he's coming back for his 18th season at Wake Forest. Get out of there.
3: He's officially said that that's no
4: mas for him. Okay, good, good, good to hear that. So, no, and I'm calling it right now they're beating Clemson. the the wicked witch is dead i'm calling it right now
3: all right so then you allow for maybe a
4: slip up where you don't
3: expect one so nine wins should be the base i
4: I mean when you as soon as you started talking Tom, i I, my mind went nine nine's the
3: that's it byu east wake forest go away all you 26 year olds (laughs) go on your mission and come back those guys were all men and then they fell apart of course gene after florida state uh, was unable to get the win uh our Wilmer asks, "What non-starter do you think showed improvement?" I'll extend that to the entire season, Gene, not just today. What what non-starter do you think has shown uh, a lot of improvement to you? I've heard, I got two or three.
4: Um, well, I mean, we always talk about Patrick Payton. Yep, that's one um, sure. got in there. Well, you know, you know, one guy that is we haven't talked about him much that I just from last season to this season that has really blown me away, and that's Lawrence Toafili. Mm -hmm. um i mean he he got the jitters the shakes last season something happened he was in the doghouse you can see he lost confidence man for a little guy he's running with confidence and i love him getting the ball i mean he's he's gonna i think he can find a niche for himself in the nfl being the third down back because he's so good out of the backfield catching the football and i love that and he runs hard for he's not the biggest guy but he runs really hard i like seeing that so i would put him in there even though nobody talks about him um Man, the third one. I'm trying. There's so many guys. I'll let you. In. I'll see if I can think of a third one. You, you. Come well, up I'll, I'll go
3: kind of off the board here because I doubt you'd go to this particular player. And I don't know how real it is given the opponents we've played, but it's in practice too. Greedy Vance has come a long way in a yeah, long month, month and a half. It's not just that he's intercepting passes against the likes of you know Garcia from Miami, Jake Garcia. He's doing it in practice. In uh, those one-on-one drills they do on Tuesdays that I get to watch and observe closely, he's physical, and he also releases well. In, in preseason camp, Gene, when he first came here, we thought, if he doesn't get his hands on you, then you're, he's screwed. But he has gotten better, more fluid, a, a lot like some of the defensive backs last year. Remember, you saw the metamorphosis from an awful defensive back group in September. By the time we got to November, we thought they were a pretty good group. Well, Greedy Vance has been like that. Greedy Vance has been like that this year, so that's one guy I'd say. But there are many others. I mean, Trey Benson technically wasn't a starter to begin the year, and how could you not list yeah, that? Yeah, but I think
4: I think now we consider him a starter. That's now, correct. I, I have to that's say, um, yeah. Yeah, Douglas has had a nice year. Yeah. Uh, another touchdown catch today, but that's a guy who you're going to lean on next year. Cam McDonald, came here, I mean right? McLean with that catch today, you see so much potential in a guy like McLean, man. If he yep. can just you know, and he's going to be probably relied on more next year. You you starting to see him get better and better. He's an exciting prospect. I I said this a couple times, uh, once on the pregame show, once today on the watch
3: long, so I'll complete the trifecta, but Alex Atkins doesn't give praise out, Gene, lightly. Alex Atkins Mm -hmm. is not that type. There are some coaches who, like Kenny Dillingham last year, would praise everybody and say everybody's the greatest thing. Atkins is not like that. On Monday, Alex Atkins said about Malik McClain, he's going to be a problem. Yeah. uh, That that made me stop in my tracks for a minute.
4: He He won me over with that stiff arm at Syracuse. That's a man play right there. I loved it. Yeah, cool. Imagine it. Imagine him refi- getting better running routes and the, some of the stuff of that physical prowess he has.
3: I mean, he does. He has the body type that looks like it translates to the next level. Khalil Young, thank you very much for your contribution, sir. Uh, he could technically come back for three more years, but I don't think he can do much more to help his stock. With that being said, does Trayshawn Ward stay? It's a good question. That's a really crowded running back room, Khalil. And I don't think that Trey Benson's going to give back those starters reps if you know he decides.
4: But if he leaves, yeah, yeah, I think that definitely opens the door for Ward staying. And this is one of those things we talk about nils. It really in his best interest to be an undrafted free agent to leave, get a little bit of money from nil and hang out. Especially if Trey Benson leaves, I mean, he could be the he could be the starter. It's a really really crowded room because then you got Tofeeli Ward if he comes
3: back in that scenario. Kaziah Holmes from Penn State who transferred in during the season. And then also Rodney Hill,
4: and maybe you got Baxter. We'll
3: <laughs> Gene's pushing for it. Gene, is he, are you calling for it, Gene, or are you just suggesting that it might happen? What are you doing?
4: Uh, I'm, I'm close. Okay, I'm close. Right. I'm not going to officially call it, but I think it's a legitimate possibility.
3: Here's what we're going to call this. We're going to call this man a Walker, and he is speaking walking, of our five star. He is walking away from the stadium right now. It is Corey Clark, the lead writer, the senior writer. For Warchant.com, let's put him in the featured screen. There there you go. we go. There we go. There we go. I'm going to hold
2: boring. it back. That's too close to my face. There we go. That's better.
4: Glory, another- just another boring blowout. That's six. Six blowout wins. I mean, just you expect it to blow up, but still when you wrap your mind around what's happened the last month, it's pretty unbelievable.
2: Yeah, man. And, and people can look at the opponent like, oh, it's Louisiana. You're supposed to win. Well, Vegas doesn't usually miss them by this much. You know, you know, last year, last week, yeah, you were favored by up at Syracuse by a touchdown. You won by thirty-five. This week, you were favored by twenty-four at home. You were up forty-nine to three. Like this, even Vegas doesn't know what to do with this team because they're playing so well and they are absolutely pulverizing teams right from the jump for every week, four weeks in a row. This is unlike, obviously, it's unlike anything I've ever covered since thirteen. But this just doesn't happen anymore. And I, and I hope people appreciate, like, I know it's Louisiana, it's not Ohio State, but beating the crap out of a team like Florida State does on the regular now is not normal at all.
4: Now, part of the advantage to doing that, obviously, it, it's easier for us because you probably had your column. Is your column already up, or I guess I was probably editing it right No, now,
2: right? I, I wanted to add some quotes because I made it, I'm going to make it more about Florida. So I asked the players about Florida okay. the game. So I got got a little work to do on that.
4: Well, I'm curious, I want to, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, and Tom may have some more centric questions of this game. But to me, it's like Florida State was able to rest those starters in the second half. Florida had to play a four-quarter game and lose at Vanderbilt. Right. How much of an advantage do you see that is for Florida State? Because they not only they had to play the whole thing, they've got to travel on a short week. So it seems like that really lines up well for Florida State. Yeah, man, there really are no excuses if you, if you don't
2: win this game. I mean, you're the better team, clearly. You're playing as well as anyone in the country. You're at home. Your your starting quarterback had his hat on to start the third quarter, and your backup quarterback got to wear a baseball hat. That's how out of control this game was. Your backup had a hat on after he got his one his one rep with the uh, with the starting unit or his one drive. So yeah, man that that is a huge that is a huge uh, factor. Or could be also the fact that they kept you from a bowl last year, so you should have the motivation factor as well. Um, you know, Norvell was really good about it after the game. I asked him like short week. Uh, what is that like? A short week, and and who you're playing? How much does that add into it?
1: Oh my it? God, Corey Clark is so handsome.
2: That was that was Aslan. That's Aslan. <laughs> she, you need to fire him. That was ridiculous. I, I can't deal with it
4: anymore. I can't deal with him. It's your posse, Corey. Come I know, on now. You know, know you got so, a posse surrounding you.
2: I know. I'm you. You think I'd be used to it? But um. So yeah, Norvell was like, "Look, yeah, I'm getting ready to go watch film right now." Like, he he doesn't say them by name, but as he stressed before the Miami game. This is uh th- these two games are the ones that mean the most to him. And he makes that very abundantly clear, according to the players. So he understands how important this game is to this program. And I just think all the motivation, the fact that they did get to rest their starters, you are at home. It should be an incredible crowd, an incredible crowd on Friday yeah. night, I think, um, because they love this team, man. I like covering it. I have to imagine people watching this show love watching this team because it's been so long since you had a team that was this easy to cheer for and this dominant. This month has been nuts. It's straight out of 13 or like, I don't know, Gene, like it's straight out of 1995 what they're doing.
4: Well, I made that comment earlier that you you don't see a team have this many blowout wins unless it's a, a, like a national championship caliber team. The yeah. last couple of times, 2013, 1999. I mean, those, the, those you go back and you see this many blowouts. So it's so weird to see that happen in this season. The one other, I did want to ask, and I know getting injury information is like, Pulling out teeth from a bear—it just you can't get it there. But you know, the only starter that went down was Micah Pittman in that first half. Now it looked like it might have just been a thigh bruise or anything. I know he went to the locker room; he didn't come back. Have you been able to gather any info, any other information, or being there, maybe you had some more insight on what what his status might be? Come on, Gene. No, of course I had to, I it, had to ask. It's, it's Norvell. He said, you know,
2: they. He said that he used the word cautionary in, in talking about Pittman, but I, I don't know that we can put any stock into what he what he says about Pittman um, or any injury, not just Pittman. But yeah, he, you know, he got hurt on the run, the reverse or the end around and then didn't come back in the game. But yeah, Norvell didn't say, and Johnny Wilson only played three plays. Uh, I think, you know, I don't know if Johnny Wilson was sick or if he got banged up at practice, um, but I think that um, that it was more of a cautionary, like, okay, we'll play him if we need to. And then it became very evident, oh, we don't need him. So let's get him ready for Friday. So. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. Michael Langston's here too. Look, everyone,
4: what's up, guys? He did it. <laughs> there any new, any, any commitments to break, commit? Michael? Nobody committed yet, but I got what I needed. Offensive lineman did okay. this today. Uh, I'll have a story up later. Right, so. Look at that, right there on the spot, Corey. Yeah, we did,
2: Man, you're getting all the war chant, all the war chant <laughs> luminaries
4: walking by. That's awesome. I mean, I guess, any Tom, I have a question. But just Any other t- takes from this game other than, man, this team is just, they're playing at a really high level. To me, the biggest thing is the fact that they've been so focused and so, so much poise for four games. You're not seeing the pre snap penalties. They're money in the red zone. Special teams have been solved. Everything we worried about a month and a half ago, it's kind of all gone away.
2: Yeah. And, and going back to Pittman real quick, if he can't go, and we don't, we have no idea, I have no reason to believe he can or can't, but. You you look pretty. I mean, Ja'Kai Douglas can play the slot. You've got other guys that can play the slot, and I liked, you know Jamie Robinson catching that one punt on the run. Yeah, good to see too. That was a nice um, that was that was a nice rep for him to get something like that. Um, but overall, yeah, I mean, I just again, it's it's hard to fathom being up thirty five to three on a, on a team that could go to a bowl game, and it not like it wasn't anything extra special. Like you know, Jordan missed some throws. Uh, Trey Benson might have missed some runs. It doesn't matter. They're just crushing teams, which is uh, it,
3: it's uh, it's cool to be around. It's cool to be around, gang. All right. So my question, Corey, it's just a fun one. I, I think I recall back in the day on headlines, didn't you do a John Travolta voice at one point? Mm-hmm. Did yeah. You do, okay. So who's better at what they do, Aslan, as the old woman who just walked by you and said <laughs> that man is so handsome, or you doing John Travolta? Who who's got the better impression? Well, let me, let me put it to the to the viewers.
2: It's so weird. It's so weird in here. <laughs> there,
4: there it is. You did it. It's a Dana Carvey impression of John Travolta. Come on. <laughs> Come on, ABC chat. Let's hear, let's hear you. Let's see who
3: wins. Impression. Who wins? Oh, my God. Corey Clark is so handsome for <laughs> what he just did. Yeah, yeah, that's
4: tough. That's tough.
3: Uh, we'll, Corey, have to, okay. we'll have
4: to pull that out as a short. We'll put that out there. The two voices.
3: All right. So this is the real last question. You can't say Virginia Tech, Willie Taggart's opener. When was the last time Doak Campbell will be as electric as it will be on Friday night? And you can't say the Virginia Tech opener of Willie's era.
2: I would say Notre Dame, it, when McKenzie started making some throws, that place got yeah. nuts, and it was really into the game. And you really thought, oh, my God, they're about to beat a top 10 team with McKenzie Milton. Since then, nothing. I mean, look, the, the throw to parchment, the and 14 that was an electric moment. And that was a very good win for that team, but the pregame, the tailgating, the the excitement going into the game, yeah, man, I I don't, I would say maybe, I, I man, I don't know, like what like the the Clemson game in sixteen maybe, but even then you were cut, you had a couple losses, but I would say the sixteen game against Clemson, or before that, maybe Notre Dame in fourteen, mm-hmm. you know when when yeah, I they were 14. top ten with Golson, I mean it has been a long time. This is I'm really looking. This is why we do what we do, guys. This is why we lift all them weights. It's to get to these moments where you get to cover a game like this. Where that, I mean, we've all been through the muck of the last five years, man. We've all had to live it. Some of you could at least tune it out. We had to actually write and talk about it. So to get to a team now that's going to be top 20, that's playing as well as anyone in the country, is going to have a, an, an atmosphere like it's going to have Friday night, man. That's exciting. That's why we do this job. So I'm just excited we're back, baby. Not back is competing for national championships, but back to feeling like a big-time college football program again and getting to cover these kind of games.
4: Corey, hopefully, one week from now we're doing keg stands and beer funnels, and I didn't know which one you committed to at the corner pocket. If they beat Florida that Saturday, a week. Oh, I'm the not. Day,
2: com- I'm not committed to either. We, we're still. I'm still trying to figure out what you're I'm still
4: negotiating do. that. Yeah,
2: it's going to be something electric. Uh, Jeff said oh. I might be smoking weed. I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> no, no, <we're> not <laughs> I'm doing not going to do that on camera for you. I won't even need a gummy. I'm not gonna do any of that stuff. We'll we'll figure something else out though, buddy. But it, it might involve dumping something on myself.
4: Oh, all right. Well, stay tuned. And we also got the announcement. Tom can tell us this: when is when will the Cat Five maintain? Whether that's going to be for this game? We just talked about how electric uh, it's going to be on Friday. When will the, that be announced?
3: The Cat Five Selection Committee is comprised of two members: uh, Jeff and myself. Jeff gets two votes; I get one vote. So my vote doesn't matter at all. And uh, they they will convene <laughs> and vote uh, on a Cat Five ordinance Monday. In the yeah, uh, stay the tuned to the event.
4: JCS on Monday. You guys can talk about that on Seminole Hot Headlines. That's right. Which Cup will be loss for the kick? By the way,
2: they, they put a little uh, bit of a wrench into the juice around the game by going and losing it uh, to Vanderbilt.
3: So, that's a shame.
2: That's a real shame. I'm sure you guys are really broken up about it. Yeah, a lot, of our, a lot
4: of our chat people
2: are very upset at that. I'm sure. I'm sure.
3: Four straight blowouts, Corey. Go enjoy a nice, easy evening after a noon kick.
2: I love you guys. Oh, there it See is. See you,
4: Corey. Have fun at the CP. Have one for you me. You got it. You got it. See you guys there.
3: <laughs> that's Corey Clark, the lead writer, the senior writer for Warchant.com. And uh, see there, I go. I'm on the left.
4: How about? I get, very, I get very uncomfortable when I'm on the left.
3: Director Ben with the quick trigger. When yes. Michael made the cameo, he was ready in the lower third. That. That's who that. that guy is. Everybody's on their game except my technology today. Everything <laughs> except for my technology. Oh, oh I like yes. it. There we
4: go. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I love at crying Jordan. Well done. Oh, uh,
3: those never get old. There's some we, we my- may
4: need to save that because Jeff and I have talked about bringing back. Uh, The man cave show for some time over the holiday break. And we may have to say we're big on the memes and the gifts. That may be one we need to save. I
3: love that. Yeah, because that's a, there's nothing more festive than a good man
4: cave show. That's uh, a I've, holiday man cave show. I'm the first
3: the first edition was 12, 13 years ago. I want to say it was a, oh, long, it was a long
4: Jeff had hair in the first one. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> how long ago
3: it was. Uh, our appreciation goes out to Corey Clark for making a a, a stop for us as he was walking to his car. Uh, that's four straight blowout wins for Florida State. I see a lot of positive vibes going in the chat. We just want to say something real quickly. I see Gene has something to say, but one... No, no, no.
4: I just I, I looked at that. We talked about Notre Dame not being in FSU's class. Boy, are they putting a beat down on Boston College 44 to nothing Ooh, all right. in the third quarter. Wow. They're making a statement. They heard that. They go, nope, we're right up there with FSU. Well,
3: they've got a better chance next week, too, because they play USC. So they've got Notre Dame as a chance to make one final statement that yeah. uh, they are the top of the... Uh, the cream of the crop when it comes to three lost teams. But I see a couple of people, Florida man in Texas is saying it right now. We want to wish everybody the 550 plus of you that are out there, the happiest of Thanksgivings, because the next time we sign on for you turkeys and otherwise uh, will be Friday after Thanksgiving. So we hope if you're traveling, your travels are safe. If you're traveling to Tallahassee, make it out to hotel Indigo on Friday, 4:30 PM pregame show. If you can't do that, that's fine. Just get here safely and be as loud as you can on a Friday night that you won't soon forget. I love primetime kickoffs, sheen against the Florida Gators. And they can
4: come by Saturday at the Corner Pocket, hopefully. If it happens. Well, between 11 and 12. So if you're heading out, if you go to Florida, if you can't make it to one of those, you're heading out the next day, just hang out a little bit longer, go to Corner Pocket, have lunch, and take part in the festivities.
3: With a victory. Eleven thirty a.m. will be the beginning of the proceedings. It will take place on the outdoor deck at the corner pocket barn grill. The happy hour show is typically on the stage, but this show, well, it might get a little messy. So we want to make sure we're on the <laughs> Especially outdoor me scene. trying
4: to beer funnel. That is going to be messy.
3: I don't know if Corey's going to do the champagne pour. I would think that would be the play, wouldn't it? Because that's what made him. That's what made him extra famous. I mean. But have-
4: he's got to dump something different. Now, one time we thought maybe the Duke's Mayo Bowl, we could have dumped Mayo on it, but we're past the yes. Mayo Bowl. Yeah, I, w- I would hope so. Um, but
3: for all of you out there, we wish you the happiest of Thanksgivings, and we look forward to a Friday night of covering this game. But don't don't just sign off and, and only come back on Friday because we've got a ton of content for you on Warchant.com. Corey's column, I'm sure, is nearly up. Iris three two one. Uh Gene will have the pro football focus grades. There are going to be a lot of names on the grade sheet for uh, this particular week, yeah. which is really, really cool. Uh, a lot of Florida State Seminoles got into play. Some of them their first game uh, in the Garnet and Gold today. So Gene will have those grades. Sunday Smash tomorrow night, 7 p.m. here on Warchant TV. Then you're going to have Wake Up War Chant available on Monday morning. That'll be the weekend edition. They'll be live again on Monday night, as we understand it right now. Mm-hmm. So a lot of Wake Up War Chant going on Monday. Corey and Aslan will be leading the charge there. The Jeff Cameron Show 1-3. to three. And to let you guys know about the holiday schedule. You get used to it, and we love it. Live shows on Warchant TV every weekday at 1 o'clock. For this week with the holiday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 1 o'clock, Warchant TV. Thanksgiving, no dice. And on Friday, we will do the pregame show. That'll be the first you hear from us at 4.30 p.m. at Hotel Indigo. So much content. This season's not over. I wish they could play five more games, Gene. This team has just been so darn fun to watch. But, uh, I mean, I just feel fired up and calm all at the same time. We haven't been able to feel this way on the War Championship.
4: If if they can just finish, if they can finish the drill and do what we expect them to do. I mean, it, it's it's going to make for a fun off season because we're having all these optimistic conversations about what does this mean. I mean, how good can Florida State be next season? What's going to happen in recruiting? What about at the transfer portal? Man, you're going to be riding the wave, yes. especially if you would if you knock the crap out of Miami and then you do the same to your other rival in state. You're separating yourself right now from them, and that's the position you want to be in because that will pay dividends on all these other factors and bringing in talent.
3: Of course, always stay tuned to War Chant TV. If there's any late breaking news in the recruiting world, you saw Michael Langston. He'll be hard at work with our own yep. Austin Cox as well for wrap ups from today's uh, recruiting events, and then that visit on Friday night. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of. Oh, it. there's
4: the big, the big recruits coming in next Friday.
3: Big time names. Michael alluded to it and said, "Dudes that have not been on campus yet Ooh. will likely set foot in
4: Tallahassee." So
3: there's a ton of recruiting coverage coming as well. Hopefully
4: some of those Gator commits will come and get to see, eh, maybe I don't want to play for that dumpster fire.
3: That's correct. Why not? If you look at brand A and brand B, why wouldn't you choose brand A? Because that's the FSU brand. Yuck Mouth, appreciate all the work you staff. Best dollar I ever spent. Thanks for the annual sub there, Yuck Mouth. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. We share that uh, sentiment as well. Our final thanks also are in order to Zaxby's. Mm-hmm. Zaxby's. Five Tallahassee locations. Stop by any of them when you roll into town this week. A Golden Chief Booster for 17 years. You could get a platter, too. If you want to get your tailgate all set, you can get a family platter. 24 chicken fingers, a bunch of sauces. They'll give you Texas toast. They'll give you the crinkle fries. It's a great deal. So support those who support the Knolls with zaxby's They are the sponsor of Warchant Game Day. For Ben who's directing behind the scenes, for Terry who is screening the calls, Jeff Cameron on the pre-game show, Rob and Aslan, Corey who joined us post-game for all of you in the chat, all of the you that contributed for the crying Jordans and the founder and administrator of warchant.com, Gene Williams. My name is Tom Lang. Here's hoping you have a better night than the Florida Gators. We'll talk to you next time.
4: Happy Thanksgiving everyone. War Chant have a
3: great day. TV. We'll see you guys.